Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. And man, it is a rainy day today, but I can tell you that my lawn is still extremely green, and I'm very excited about that. If you listen, watch, or read Must Read Alaska, I want to encourage you to go check out our homepage, www.mustreadalaska.com. And if you want to help keep the lights on here, go to that. And on the right-hand side, there's a little donate button. Every $5, $10, $100 helps keep the lights on at Must Read Alaska. We're not funded by some dark web nonprofit money conglomerate. We're just funded by everyday folks who care about conservative news. But without further ado, we have a very special treat today, a good friend of mine, Mayor Peter Machicki is on the Must Read Alaska show today. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska show, Mayor Machicki. Thank you, John. Thanks for uh, being here today and welcome to a uh, new office that we've finally gotten assembled to look like someone lives here. Well, I can tell you, folks, <laughs> if you live on the Kenai Peninsula, you have to at some point come down and check out the mayor's office because it has got it is inundated with some amazing Alaska cool pictures, artifacts, different things from when uh, Mayor Machiki was Senate Senator for a number of years. And it is just littered with, with some pretty cool uh, mementos all around the office. So come check it out sometime. I'm sure he'd love to have you here at the office. So Mayor Machiki, you've been in the helm here for a couple months and you've just went through your first budget process as borough mayor. Talk to me about that, about how the process was it sounds like it ended up being very favorable for the taxpayers here on the Kenai Peninsula. Yeah, thank you, John. It's it's the first time since 64 when we became a second-class borough um, that a mayor walked into the middle of a budget cycle. So the budget that was laid before me when I walked in had 24 additional employees. It was up considerably. And uh, we kind of looked over the last few years or the last couple of years it had gone up 8% a year. And I started kind of evaluating, you know, me, I'm a numbers guy. And of course, in front of me, I've got a little chart. <laughs> you got so many packets and charts in front of you that I can tell you're, you know what you're doing. <laughs> well, we were, uh, we were deficit spending for the last several years. But what we were doing is we were getting off an affordability curve. And what I love about the Kenai Peninsula Borough is we've stayed lean in me. We're a second-class borough, every service that we provide has been brought to us by the voters, right? So we do solid waste, we do emergency services, and we do the basics. That's how we like it here. Um, so I, I sat down with the directors that were here at the time, and most of them are still here. We've got a good team. Um, but what, what I said was we are going to get back to a balanced budget. We are going to pass a balanced budget this year for the first time in a very, very long time. So I also sat down with each assembly member and explained the reason for that philosophy is that it's not a populist thing. It's an affordability thing. If you want your kids and your grandkids to be able to afford to stay here, come back after the university or stay here if they go into a vocation, the fact is we have to study the other municipalities around the country or say our larger 
uh, neighbor to the north, mm-hmm. um, Anchorage is no longer affordable. And why is that? Because they continue tacking on services that people can do for themselves. Property taxes are nuts there. They are. So we were actually able to cut our property taxes this year. We got to the first balanced budget in a very long time. Remember, as part of this budget I walked into, they had just negotiated a 6% increase in their labor contract. So you had two years of 8% in a row, almost 16% over the last two years. This budget is up 2.55%, which is well below the consumer price index that was like a 7%. Yeah, inflation <laughs> below that, which was 9%. That's like, you gotta, no, if you hit that one, you're doing something wrong. So 2% is good, 2 yeah. point whatever. So we um, we added one half of a position. So the, the budget I, uh, last year they added 14. The budget I inherited when I walked in had 24. We added one half and it was one half of a mechanic to CES who had just passed their bond with the people's support. So they needed some additional help. I said, well, if you cut a half of a position somewhere, I'll give you a full mechanic. <laughs> Well, that's what Chief Browning did. And and uh, so we passed the first balanced budget in 10 years. My personal budget is down. I You can see the... Few and it was you, unanimous, right? It was unanimous. Yeah. And that was from sitting down with each assembly member. We've got some pretty far right. We've got a couple pretty far left. And I was able to explain the value over the long term of what the Kenai Peninsula needs to look like. We're going to focus on growing this economy and we will be able to manage our costs as we go forward on a, a rising tide that floats all boats versus hitting taxpayers year after year with increased taxes. So we're able to cut the mill rate by two-tenths of the percent. If I'm right on my projections over the next couple of years, there's more room for further reductions. And what I did is I sat down with all of the directors and said, we're going to tear this place apart. We're going to question everything that we do every day to to uh, be more efficient and keep this borough affordable into the next uh, decade. And um, we started a long-term planning to make sure that we can um, deliver that value for the people of the Kenai. And like I said, it's first balanced budget in 10 years. My personal budget in the mayor's office is smaller. I don't need the amount of employees the chief of staff i don't <laughs> i don't i don't i don't need i don't need one I, I will eventually need one to help with the day-to-day but i wanted the public and the directors and the employees to have one person to come to right now once we get things cadillacing over the next few months then i'll get serious about hiring a chief of staff to help me with the day-to-day so i can focus on these long-term issues um, again, you look at other municipalities, other states, they get so far off the charts outside of a, a trend of affordability that they can't get back there. We got back there in one year, we're going to stay there and we're going to work together with our constituents to make sure that we're um, understanding each other as we move forward, which we can talk about the survey if you'd like. Let's do it. You know, But before we touch base on that, you have some great folks that work here at the Borough Dunning, fair statement. It is a very fair statement. We have a great team. You know, I think that that's one of the things that I think especially conservatives forget about is that people that work in these local government places, whether it's a local school or a borough office or a municipality, they're just normal people that are going to work every day, trying to do their job, put their kids through school. Maybe go on a week's vacation every year. 
there isn't some big conspiracy against um you know folks in the state it's just normal everyday folks for the most part do trying to do their best at what they do well i think the kenai peninsula borough is a reflection of how conservative this community is i mean these these folks are also the volunteers in our youth groups and our churches they coach our kids in baseball and basketball um, they're very involved in the community and they are just regular folks. I mean, they have a family just like mine. They have a family just like yours. And often the employees get roped into the politics of the assembly or the mayor. But the bottom line is we've laid out our course for the next several years and the employees are thrilled. I've set them free to find efficiencies, to question everything we've done in the past, which is well, government feeds upon itself. It, and and they often take the easiest path. What I've explained to them and the assembly is this is going to be a rockier path because we're going to look at all the things, all the ruts that we've formed over the last 50 years. Yeah. And we're going to question why we're doing those things and how we can do them differently to be more efficient, to ensure maximum freedom at the lowest cost on the Kenai Peninsula Borough as we move forward. And they've embraced it. They're They're thrilled. I'm set them free to do their jobs we check in on a regular basis but they've come back with great ideas and so have the people of the kenai so you did this survey which is very interesting um talk to us a little bit about it i think from the you know i got the survey i live on the kenai peninsula borough and it was i was uh pleasantly surprised on the plethora of questions that were there because usually these surveys you and i both know they're like somehow uh, made up to be like pro whatever that department is or pro whatever that and this was just like if we're doing a bad job let us know yeah basically and and give us feedback open and honest feedback it wasn't geared towards patting yourself on the back by any means so talk to us about that yeah we had uh 2200 and we kind of beat the bushes to get people to uh, know about the survey and participate and you know, so we're focused on people getting the services they're paying for with their property taxes, right? We want to make sure they can say, hey, we're getting a decent value here. Our property taxes are low. This is what we get for it. When something's not right, we know how to reach out, who to talk to about getting something corrected. And um, focus was things like emergency services and roads, particularly. If you remember the detail on the roads question, yeah. was, is your gravel road crowned adequately? Do you have pothole problems? Is the drainage okay? Are we coming out often enough? Is the snow going away within 24 hours? If not, we asked where they live because we have these road service segments. Yeah. Remember the people voted in um, road services. So we could go to that contractor so I, I froze all road service contracts until we had the results of those 2,200 people that took the survey, the thousands of comments. We color-coded the comments so they were searchable on subject like roads or emergency searchable services. <laughs> <laughs> we did that too. Um, but we, we heard a lot of things. We heard a lot of things about solid waste. We heard a lot of things about roads. But the roads information, I separated off. We sat down with the roads director and said, for these negative comments in these particular segments, I want you to sit down with the contractor. Before I approve these contracts, we need to determine if these folks can deliver for the people of the Kenai. If they can't, remember, we don't own a grader. 
we depend on the private sector in the Kenai Peninsula Burr to maintain our roads. And a couple of those contracts didn't get signed. Many of them did. We um, changed the requirements of some of the contracts to make sure that people had the adequate equipment they needed to maintain roads on a, you remember you're out north, you had yeah. a couple of very heavy snows yeah. and not sure that everyone that delivers road maintenance services um, performed adequately. Um, we've sat down and talked with those folks and said, if you're going to be in the position to be able to bid, you need adequate equipment. We need these service guarantees. And like I said, a couple contracts weren't signed. Most were. Um, but we shared those comments with our road inspectors, our road director, and the contractors and said, we need a better outcome in these areas. Yeah. Some of the areas had glowing reports all the time. They were there. They were, you know, made sure the burn. My road's done awesome most all the time. Right. There's hardly any complaints on my end when it comes to my road I live on. Well, you know, in this business, some folks are going to find a reason to complain we gave them an opportunity and we called a lot of those people and said all right i notice a lot of negative comments how can we provide better services in the borough and just the fact that i called them oh yeah it almost <laughs> you know squashes 99 percent of it <laughs> like this is really mayor machiki calling me to follow up this is crazy <laughs> a lot of them. it's uh but some of the roads that the borough owns are ludicrous like meaning you know, it's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's not the assembly's fault. These are roads that the borough inherited or whatever back in 1967. Right. Hairpin turn mountainside on the eastern peninsula with a stream <laughs> that likes to use that road as a way to the ocean sometimes. It's like there is no outside of, you know, $100 million road, you know, improvement project for the whole borough. There is no real, I mean, some of these roads are just not ideal. No, but but our job is to think outside the box. So we we have an entire focus area here on longstanding problems that haven't been solved. And and the cabbage flooding is one of them. Huge problem. Huge problem. And we don't have flood service powers there. We do in the Eastern Peninsula, which is a flooding machine, as yeah. you remember, John. Um, and they voted themselves into a flood service area. So we maintain those streams, we remove gravel, we make sure the streams are flowing and we maintain their roads accordingly. But we do have road service area powers. So we're working on improving the drainage um, in the K Beach area that have been suffering from um, flooding for 20 years. Yeah. And we may not get it perfect, but we're gonna deal with these issues one issue at a time not moving outside of our powers, not increasing costs for our constituents, but they need to have the faith that on the few things that the borough does officially, that the people voted in those few powers, we're going to do them well. And we're going to do them at the lowest cost possible to our constituents. And I think folks are starting to see the results. So you've been the mayor of Slobodna. You've uh, were in the Senate, became the Senate president. Now you're the Kenai Peninsula Borough Mayor. What are some of your key distinctives between this job and maybe what the other roles you've served in? You're also an executive of Conco Phillips. Right. Most people, um, you know, they don't know that part about your resume. And so what is about this job that's distinctive between all the other ones that you've done? Well, I mean, in a nutshell, I'm essentially a blue collar guy that got very fortunate through the years and and had an opportunity to be put in the positions to understand 
how to uh, create a well-oiled machine. So this job is um, this this perfect collection of all these strange skills that I've acquired through the years, right? <laughs> and the ability to work with people. I, I, I like people. I like difficult people even more. And generally, I can put myself in their shoes like we did with this budget. We put ourselves in the shoes of the taxpayer and we recognize taxes as this sort of sacred pool of funding that's not doing something else for someone at home. It's not paying for music lessons. It's not repairing the car. It's not putting a new roof on the house. It's something that they're paying to the borough. And we take that very seriously. Um, we've also, as I've clarified with folks here, the folks don't work for us. We work for them. We are, we are here to serve them. The customer is always right. Until they're not periodically, we we don't put up with f bombs here. Um, I uh, we had we had one guy down at the front desk one day that um, I had a chat with, and uh, walked out front and had a little discussion about what's not going to happen in this building, and he came back in and apologized. We understand people are spirited, but um, we also understand the pressures they're under. So we're here to work with them. Um, there was a long-standing problem in Hope that um, a person that found themselves leasing a piece of borough land that his family had collected a lot of items through the years. Borough was really rough on him. We just met with him yesterday and uh, said, "No, we're we're gonna we're gonna help you through this. We have some expectations about what needs to happen there, but we're not gonna be the big bad government. We're gonna be your partner. We're yeah. gonna help you get through this thing." As long as it doesn't end up costing the taxpayers dollars, we're going to help you get this thing ironed out. And there are dozens of those things around the borough that have just been kind of festering through the years. And we're we're going to attack those things. And so you asked the question, why is this job different? Yeah. It's a it's kind of a combination between the the political experience I have by about 25 percent and. 75% of the organizational skills that have been demanded on me through the years. And it, it's a, it's a, it's a great combination and you can sit down with people that want to be political and say, Hey, you might want to fight about this thing, but this is what we do here. We do roads and we do emergency services and we do solid waste and and we do education and that's what we do now let's talk about how to do those things better and if later you want to fight about some other thing that you think we should be doing that is in danger of making this place unaffordable we can have that discussion i'll talk about anything but let's talk about what we do by what the folks have voted into this borough first do those things well and we can talk about the other things later and frankly like you said we had a unanimous vote on a difficult budget. Yeah. A lot of work. They think you know what that looks oh, like. Yeah. A lot of work. Every line, every column of every page in every department, we scanned over with those directors. And um, the assembly supported us from both ends of the aisle, a couple of extremes. And we passed a unanimous first balance budget in 10 years. So we can do this together. We can still have our little squabbles. But the bottom line is if our focus is serving the people of the Kenai, that should be 
our priority and all of our other little personal things need to sit on the sidelines until we have some spare time over a cup of coffee. We want to, <laughs> as long as it doesn't get in the way of serving the people, we can have those discussions. Yeah. So um, one of the things if people are following you on the Peanut Burroughs Facebook, I would encourage them to do so because um, I'm sure that it's Joe or maybe some of his team that's keeping that up to date. It's been really well kept up to date on, kind of what's happening and what's going to happen. But a couple of the things that people may have noticed on there are one was the tearing down of an old gas station that was decrepit and basically a safety hazard for folks. It was real close to a school. And then the other one was this um, opening, reopening of the Sterling Mall. Now, some people may think that these two things are frivolous or they, you know, government should care about this kind of stuff. But I think it's sometimes those small things that are you know compared to the budget of the borough those are very two small items right one right doesn't cost anything and the other one's very minuscule why are those types of things important for you as it relates to um taking care of folks here on the borough yeah it's a very good question um we'll start with the sterling mall so for folks that are listening the sterling mall was a place where people can leave things that they don't need anymore and others that could that have a use for those things could pick them up and that was closed out in most of the um, transfer sites so we have a central peninsula landfill we have a south peninsula landfill and then we have places where you just take the tr your trash around the borough contractors go and pick up that trash bring it to the landfill and, and at the sterling mall was a kind of cultural um, anomaly um, where you know even some fairly wealthy folks that don't want to have a garage sale can bring some very useful things and building no, material just, it's like stuff people would, would, could use sure i i sometimes come home with more things from the landfill than i bring there my wife is like oh no he's back what are you gonna do with those <laughs> Like every wheel will have a use at some point, right? <laughs> Those are 50 bucks at the hardware store. <laughs> that's right. So um angle iron. Came home with some angle iron. Hey, other. that's a good find. Oh, it's a great find. So um we reopened it. And why did we reopen it? It was a, a key item in the comments that people made on our the little things. And it was from both sides of the demographic of the Kenai, the folks that maybe leave for the winter that are bringing a fairly good barbecue that they're going to replace next year. Then some low income person can suddenly have a functioning barbecue because um, maybe the fire pit isn't adequate for barbecuing their stuff. You know, it's just, it, it's a really great way for the community to share um, not depending on social programs, not depending on something like that, but it's just a really good way to transfer items to others that can use it. But here's the bottom line reason why it matters. The number one cost in running a landfill is opening a new cell. Yeah. Well, we're filling millions our, of dollars. Many millions yeah. of dollars. Five, and we don't six, seven million bucks. And we don't know what future regulations are going to look like. We have leachate problems we're dealing with that is expensive. So we're trying to keep our cradle to grave costs down by allowing people to use things instead of storing them in the ground in perpetuity and having to open new cells. So it's a fairly dramatic cost savings over years, over the years. I'm um, shooting for no net growth in cells. We're even evaluating how we can harvest some of the items that are in there, like 17,000 tires. I went out to Fun in the Sun in Nikiski. What is the flooring, the ground cover, 
in that three acres of playground. Yeah. It's ground up tires. We're storing them in perpetuity and paying to store them in our landfill. So we're evaluating how we can use some of those previous waste streams or mulch and other ways that we can use them instead of charging people tax dollars to store them forever. So there's there's a pragmatic reason for it, but there definitely is a cultural exchange that occurs at these reuse sites. And it was a big deal. We we cut the ribbon yesterday at the Sterling <laughs> Mall. Facebook. It was, Facebook. There was a couple waiting there. They had a barbecue, two tires, a couple of shovels. Some of that stuff, I was like, I want to go drive down there. No, I, might, I might go grab that barbecue. The tires were nice. I have to admit, I checked the size. They were perfectly, unfortunately, they were uh, 17s and not 18s. But it was a um, great couple. They had been waiting for this and been following us online. And then the um, Zip Mart, which was a great place to get ice cream when I was a young guy. Uh, they had a 56,000 gallon fuel spill, mm -hmm. which is 3,000 feet long and 800 feet wide. Luckily, I missed the community center and the school. But we heard complaints when it started to collapse from the heavy snows from parents. And we went and inspected the building. And I will tell you, um, we found hypodermic needles. Oh, yeah, people probably living in there doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. Lots of bottles. Kids were climbing on the building that was coming down. Somebody was going to get seriously injured or worse. And we're not in the business of dealing with private problems like that. But they owed the borough $65,000 in back taxes. They were incommunicado. No one would answer our um, it went into an estate and the folks that technically own the building through the estate were not answering our calls. And we heard from a lot of parents and we just decided to fix that problem. It's right next to the school, as you know, right next to the community center. People were sending me photos of their kids on the collapsed roof. And a local community member bid about half of market for that. Ray Chumley with Summit Excavating. Yeah, dirt cheap is like 20 grand. It was. Something like that. And, and we went. When he started, I will tell you, his his son was the one on the excavator. And he said, well, I'm a little uncomfortable. I'm used to building buildings, not tearing them down. But he had a, he had a giant grin on his face the entire time from the first time <laughs> that he from the first time that he touched that building. And I, it was about 20 minutes and it was down. They had a lot of loads. To oh, haul. They had a lot of loads. Of right. Haul. But that it's a slab. And now I'm looking for, I'm going to check with the community center and see if maybe they want to use that perfectly good slab for a skate thing yeah. or something. You can't disturb the ground, but why not return it to the community? We don't we don't have a use for it as yeah. a borough. But at some point, we need to foreclose on that property and move forward because no one is ever going to pay that bill. But no, it's another longstanding problem that we're going to deal with. We're um, not going to go around the borough taking down other people's problems, but when it's a They're problem, of, it is very yeah. unique. When it's a problem right of one of our schools, yeah. one of our community centers, and uh, we know there's illicit activity happening there, we're we're going to try to deal with those problems for the people of the community. And there's still a process for that. My guess is, you know, either the assembly had to approve the appropriation, or you had to go through a process for the bidding and all that kind of stuff. So. There's still a public process to even anomalies like that. Well, there and there's a, a condemnation ordinance that is rarely used because that's not what we generally do. But yeah. we had to put public safety first in this case. And we learned about it two months ago. It's gone today. And the, the community is very grateful for that.
Well, we've run out of time here. Any last minute thoughts before we head out? No, I encourage people to reach out. We are um, um, honoring what we love about the Kenai, and that is maximum freedom and liberty and services at the lowest cost possible. We plan to stay lean and mean, and folks can reach out and call me at 714-2150 if there are other municipal leaders in the state that want some advice on (laughs) how to manage things the way I just described. at a transfer station. That's a that's that's one one thing. Yes, but I really appreciate this today, John. It's a great conversation. Great to have you here. So yeah, thank you. I appreciate you uh, having this conversation. And you know, one of the things I think is your secret sauce is your ability to bring any kind of person into the room and listen to them. I think it's it's lost in our um, some of our political. Um, thoughts these days were extreme, right? We're either one side extreme or the other side extreme. And I think some of the magic of just sitting back and listening to folks from all walks of life is lost. And so whatever it is that makes you be able to do that, I hope you keep doing that because I think that that is lost for the most part in today's political world. So well, you have to learn to put your shoe yourself um, into the shoes of the others. I'm a very conservative guy, but not everyone on the assembly is. So yeah. we have to learn to communicate and get our work done. And that's that's what I like doing best. Well, you're welcome back anytime. We wish you nothing but success here on the Mustard Alaska Show. And folks, I will uh, put a link to his office. If you do live on the Kenai Peninsula and you're wanting to get a hold of the mayor's office, I'll put the contact information in there. And uh, until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska.